0: Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the NFL Scotland podcast. Divisions are being won, winning runs are coming to an end, and the 49ers have finally beaten the Seahawks. My name is Cameron Hobbs. We thought that would get a mention, just not this early. (laughs) And my
1: name is Paul Mitchell. The playoff picture is starting to become clear. However, we've seen some wobbles at the top. We'll be giving our thoughts on some of the top stories in the league right now.
0: As ever, we'll be giving out our weekly Scottish Slanted Awards, hearing who you think should be winning each as well.
1: I will round off things with some of the news items which have caught our attention this week.
0: So we'll kick off as we do every single episode. We'll look back at the highlights from the last week's action. But before we do that, we'll start on the fact that we're once again on Skype. Now, it's, this is a combination of things this week. Um, Obviously, the festive season is always very busy. So getting time to get together is always a little bit tricky. We're actually recording this on Monday evening. So we don't yet know the result of the Saints-Panthers game, although I'm sure, Paul, you already have a win in the... Column for the Saints, I'm sure, but we've got a combination of that, so festive season, you've also got the man flu, uh, um, do, which is interesting st- struggling, but I will continue and perhaps most importantly it's a, it's your birthday this week.
1: It is, yeah. I'm celebrating my birthday, if that's the correct word. So, yeah. So it just it puts an extra strain on us trying to get together. But uh, I'm looking forward later in the week to go see Aquaman with the family.
0: Ah, oh, brilliant! Something to look forward to. And you're getting old as well. So when it's cold outside, it's probably best you stay indoors, nice and warm.
1: Who is this? I'm <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's me on the naughty list. I'm sure. Right. Absolutely. Anyway, let's look back at week 15 then, and some really interesting outcomes, some fascinating games. And when it comes to the playoff picture in particular, obviously two weeks of the regular season to go, there's some real tasty stories developing.
1: There's some great stories developing, Cameron. I I tell you what, I think we've seen a couple of teams take steps back and a couple of teams take steps forward. Go back 10, 14 days, everybody's talking about the Cowboys, how good they're going to be. Cowboys got absolutely thumped by the Colts. So that, to me, is a very interesting one. The Texans... Struggled again for the second consecutive week. How about them Chargers? That's the result for me. The Chargers against the Chiefs. I fell asleep listening to the game, and they were they were twenty-eight fourteen down. Um, I had no idea that they'd won when I woke up in the morning. Their first playoff berth in five years. So I was highly impressed with that. But there are teams that have just taken a step back and continue. The Dolphins were abysmal, despite you know cutting things a little bit closer with the Vikings at one point. But, and there's other teams that just continue to make you scratch your head. And the best example, I think, this week are the Titans. I mean, they went into Giants Stadium and demolished the Giants. The Giants shut out for the first time since the Bill Parcells days.
0: It's almost like the Titans have realised that Derek Henry is a big, strong running back. And, you know, if he just puts his hands up and pushes people away, he'll get past them. Because what a monster he's become. And absolute... At the right time. Yeah, an absolute juggernaut. And we talked about this last week, you know, and from a fantasy point of view. He was on a load of benches last week. I bet he was in a load of teams this week. And rightly so. A good move to put him in there. And he had another great game. Another one where he was just... At times where previously, he would just be running forward, getting tackled. It would be one or two yards. He looks like he's found a new level of confidence. And there was a couple of plays there where he's just stiff-arming people out of his way. Bouldering forward and getting into areas, making up the yards, and obviously chipping in with a couple more touchdowns. So... What a great performance from him. Interesting to see as well. I thought neither the Giants or the Cowboys scoring any points.
1: Yeah, it's unusual. I mean, normally you get a field goal somewhere along the line, don't you? At least to get things moving. But, I mean, the, I mean, the Cowboys... I mean, that's with with Ezekiel Elliott, possibly the best running back in the league. You know, and they're shut out for the first time in 15 years. That's, that's quite incredible. I think in terms of the best performances of the week... The Bears were fairly impressive against the Packers. The Packers still can't win on the road. The Bears winning their first divisional title since 2010. So we've got to congratulate them on that. What about Matt Nagy? I mean, he's got to be in a shout for coach of the year for the work he's done there.
0: Yeah, he's a brilliant turnaround. And we tipped them to do well. But I don't think anybody thought they would go on and win the division. You know, it felt like they were a team on the up. And obviously, before the season started, they hadn't picked up Khalil Mack. What a bit of business that has been. It's been much talked about, you know. Interesting to see the Raiders come out and uh, obviously the owner saying that he doesn't regret either of the tradeaways of Mac or Cooper. And to be honest, that's the last thing you want to hear him say. If I'm, you know, a Raiders fan, at least put your hands up and say, do you know what, we've lost a great player there. Maybe we, you know, maybe in hindsight, we might have held on to him longer or something like that. Own up to your mistakes because there's no way you're coming out of that one with any glory shining on you at all
1: what I'd like to see is I'm just not saying anything at all because it's completely unhelpful um, so I'd rather he just didn't say anything and just it just moved it on and just you know basically say nothing
0: yeah definitely um, but yeah I mean for the Cowboys there you know their, their first shutout since 2003 um, really was something and watching the game you know it's Um, Ezekiel Elliott was getting yards it wasn't like he wasn't contributing but they just couldn't do anything in the red zone couple of missed field goals as well not great Um, and the Colts have really come into this and have to be seen as a legitimate contender now for the postseason. if they can play that well against that Cowboys team, you know the Colts have stopped the two hottest winning streaks week after week both of them the two Texas teams
1: yeah, it's impressive. I mean, T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack both playing exceptionally well. But I mean, for them, it all comes down to Andrew Luck. If Andrew Luck's on, they're on. And I just thought he had a great game. I thought he read the field well. A couple of great runs as well, which again, helped change the game. You know, another first down and just kept the ball and kept going.
0: And then obviously, then the game that I thought was perhaps most interesting and has a big factor for a number of reasons in the postseason was the LA Rams losing to the Eagles in the late game last night.
1: But it was some some way to lose as well. You muff a punt when you've got the chance to come back uh, with two minutes to go. So you would have fancied them at home with Jared Goff there to come back and try and come down the field. He caught the punt, but he then moved and actually just dropped it out of his own arms. which, Which was incredible. Then the Eagles, of course, couldn't see it out. They missed the field goal and they still had the chance and the throw to the end zone. It'd be interesting to hear from Rams fans. I didn't think they managed the clock very well. Um, certainly Todd Gurley should have gone out of bounds on one of the passes and one of the wide receivers again looked to get an extra two yards rather than get out of bounds at that point it's all about time it doesn't matter whether you're 38 yards away or 40 yards away you're trying to preserve the time I thought that was kind of poor
0: yeah indeed Um, Patriots-Steelers another one as well that's the first time the Patriots have lost um, two games in December for the first time since 2002
1: I didn't think they looked right at all. I didn't think Pittsburgh were all that brilliant either. It has to be said, and you tend to get that in a low-scoring game. Uh, but I think the Patriots—some of the luster is coming off. But if anybody wants to take them lightly, be my guest, because they're <laughs> always a different animal in the playoffs. So I, I wouldn't certainly—I wouldn't read too much into it. I'd be slightly concerned if I was a, a Patriots fan that they're not quite clicking. Uh, but I wouldn't be, you know, overly worried just yet.
0: And then I have to touch on my 49ers finally getting a win over the Seahawks. First time since week 14 in 2013. And you've got to go even further back if you want to try and find a win in Seattle. That's still to be done. I think, yeah, um, December 24th, 2011 was the last time that the 49ers won at CenturyLink Field. But that's the first time that the Seahawks have lost at Levi Stadium. The first time of many.
1: I have to say it was a surprise to me. I just thought that the 49ers were a feeder team for Seattle, so you had to lose to them all the time. Was that, is that not the case?
0: Yeah, it's felt like it recently, to be perfectly honest. And I didn't see this coming at all. I thought they played really well. I think Nick Mullins is really showing some class. Um, and it's a team that's been well hit on the, by injuries as well. Not to the extent of, say, like the Eagles. And certainly we're not in a situation like the Bills, where they're just running out of uh, running backs. Um, you know they're they're losing running backs quicker than we're losing people out of Parliament because of Brexit. Um, but still, they managed to keep going. And well done to Buffalo for getting a win in that one. Um, but you know the Niners, it's been it's been a bad season, and it's one of those odd ones as well. And I touched on this before because you kind of are like, if you're going to have a stinking season, at least you want the number one pick out of it. So we've kind of done ourselves out with that a little bit. But, do you know what? Totally worth it just to get one over on the rivals. you got to enjoy that. I've not had to, the opportunity to enjoy it very much at all recently, so I will embrace it fully.
1: As you rightly should, and because you've got your franchise quarterback, being right at the top doesn't actually matter. Um, I think it's when you're looking for a quarterback you really want that that number one pick to, to try and see what you can do. Um, you talked about the Bills not having running backs. You got also mentioned that Denver don't have any receivers. I yeah. mean, they have run out of so many receivers. You're seeing guys now basically who were either on the practice squad or were at the local Walmart getting a chance to, to walk on for yeah. them. And that makes it hard. And I, I think I, I was watching the game on Saturday and then the commentary team were quite right to mention it. Although uh, Kurt I Menifee's not a play-by-play man for my money. Yeah. But to talk about it and basically say, you know, you don't have the OTAs, you don't have the reps, you don't have the trust, you don't know what a guy does when a play breaks down, and these are the things that get built up, you know, at, at the practice time, at the OTAs, you know, the private, you know, sessions that these guys have. You are almost going with one hand tied behind your back. You don't know what these guys are going to do for you.
0: Yeah, indeed. Um, there's some other interesting ones. A, a stat there for you now. They don't play as often as the Seahawks. 49ers, but that's the Browns' first win against the Broncos since 1990.
1: Yeah, and what I found was really interesting from that. Did you see the, the cutaways to John Elway, who sits with a Microsoft Surface tablet in front of him? He looks like he's still playing. Yeah. He watches every play. He gets involved so often it's actually quite funny to see.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Good to see that sort of commitment from people as well. You know, there's obviously some people can't wait to to give up the game, sit back and and ride the coattails all the way up but he's definitely one that's uh, heavily involved in you know it's, it's been an interesting one case keenum coming in there we didn't know what would happen with him and it's it's not been terrible i think the the broncos are one of those teams that actually have done a little bit better than i was expecting them to do Um, you know and you look at some of the teams that have really been a complete disappointment and let's touch on some of them first before we go into the playoff picture but we've been discussing doug marone for the last couple of weeks now Once again, they somehow managed to blow that game against the Redskins. They've only scored one offensive touchdown in the last three weeks or something like that. It's just, it's not pretty in Jacksonville at all.
1: The only offensive thing in Jacksonville is the Jaguars, (laughs) let's be honest. They are not playing well. I mean, Washington, I mean, all credit to them. They managed the end of that game superbly well. Now, we spoke on last week's podcast about the kind of games that get people fired. This was the kind of game that gets people fired. Because you've got to be able to beat Washington with a third string quarterback, Josh Johnson, all credit to him. A third string quarterback. You're at home. You had that electrifying run back to really electrify the crowd and you did nothing else. That is the kind of I mean, I don't think you should be fired. I think you're allowed one poor season. I always think that, you know, if you take your team to the championship game or the playoffs, there should be a little bit of wriggle room, but that is the kind of game that does get you slung out the door early.
0: Yeah, and it could be a difficult one. Apparently in the stadium, I was reading this online, that there was a group of fans singing Blake Bortles' names, Blake Bortles' name, sorry, and then a whole lot of people singing Kessler's name. So to be honest, I think that's, them. that's not a choice I want either of them in, to be perfectly honest. But, you you know, Josh Johnson, we touched on this last time, the number one draft pick in the Alliance of America League in their first ever quarterback draft will play for the San Diego fleet as part of their squad. That actually got mentioned on the commentary, which was once again great coverage for the Alliance of America League. But, you know, had a pretty good performance. 16 for 25, 151 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions against what still is a decent or good Jacksonville defense, although they've not been shown it. Passer rating of 93.9. Josh Johnson looked decent.
1: He, he looked like he could play at that level. So it would be very interesting if he can kick on that form in the Alliance of America League. He will interest quite a few teams because good, competent quarterbacks are hard to find. Now, we've seen that. There's got to be a change. If there's not a change in coaching in Jacksonville, there'll have to be a change in quarterback. That is that is done and dusty. The problems that exist in New York as well for the Giants. They're going to have to make a decision. So again, we spoke about it last year. You could still see Eli going down to Jacksonville to caretake for a year, yeah. um, and with a great defense and him just you know prodding and poking, that might be enough for them because they're going to have to do something there. But there are there are teams where you're a win away from doing something great, but you're also you know you're a winner to bad bad losses. Um, I mean, Arizona, that was a bad loss in Atlanta. Atlanta, a team with nothing to play for, and the cards get thumped 40-14. to That's a very ugly loss. Now, it didn't look like they quit on the coach, to be fair, but that's a very, very ugly loss. It was ugly in New York. Uh, Miami, okay, it was a bad loss, but you know, they'll get away with that. That I'm not so concerned with. Dallas, again, that kind of performance, even though they're likely to go through and win the division, I think does affect Jason Garrett. And um, the, the guy I think we should talk about is Greg Williams. You know, Cleveland, as you mentioned, not one in Denver for such a long time. Greg Williams now has more wins than Hugh Jackson in two and a half seasons in charge. He's pushing. There's no doubt about it. He's pushing for that job.
0: Yeah, and they're not mathematically out of the postseason. And we're in week 15.
1: Yeah, it's it's absolutely incredible. But you've not mentioned so far the play of the weekend. Right, OK. So I don't know if you've seen it, but it got an awful lot of coverage on social media. And the play of the weekend, and I would urge people to go watch that, was the Chris Collinsworth slide into place <laughs> to come and vision beside Al Michaels.
0: Yes, I've seen it. It's brilliant. <laughs>
1: this has become a thing and I think it's incredible so rather than coming in from the right he slid in from the left now kudos to him because that that is genius yeah. that is utter genius for me to, to come I mean if people have seen there's wonderful clips of you know people are watching in a bar and Al Michaels comes on Mr. Smooth and there's a massive cheer when Chris Collinsworth slides in from the right but to slide in from the left that's the kind of humour that, that I really like
0: yeah Absolutely brilliant. Um, so let's talk about some of the awards now. Obviously, we're chatting about this on Monday night, so we've still got that game to go. Um, we will get some of the uh, results in from Twitter. We'll record that as well and get that out when we put the podcast out. But what are your thoughts then? Um, you know, who, where, where do you see the most Scottish-like performance this week?
1: The most Scottish-like performance. I, I mean, I often think you know the Scottish-like performances. You build up hopes and then they come tumbling down. That, that, to me, is very, very Scottish. Dallas, absolutely nail it this week. That was woeful from them uh, in Indianapolis. So I think that's very, very Scottish-like uh, from my point of view. So the, Dallas is the one that stands out. I mean, I'm sitting looking at the scoreboard at the moment, and that, to me, is the real big one at the moment.
0: For me, the one that comes into play is the Jaguars. Um, and I think this is the one where... You know, it feels like a Scottish performance to come up against a team that's doing well, the Redskins, but have suffered terrible injuries, lost one of their top players, and then still lose the game. But, you know, that feels like Scotland coming up against Wales, Gareth Bale gets injured before the game, and we still lose to Wales. You know, it's got that feel to it. Um, Just overall disappointing. The other one would be the Lions, who, you know, Kenny Galladay, he had a day... Um, the Bills had no running backs but still managed to get out that win and the Lions just have been pretty rotten, pretty rotten all round.
1: I think you're right and I think the interesting thing with Jacksonville, because if they keep this up, uh, we're going to have to get in touch with their front office to get some sponsorship for this award because they win it so often. Um, so (laughs) They could show us the money. Um, (laughs) Buffalo also have to get a little mention. Buffalo... All red, no thanks. Get rid
0: of them. Right, okay. <laughs> oh, see, I quite like the all red one. I mean, it doesn't feel very Buffalo, I guess. But I no. thought I quite like I quite like the Steelers one.
1: The Steelers one was was fine. I don't mind that. Black's quite a powerful color, but uh, Buffalo teams got to wear certain colors. for mean, Buffalo all in red is not Buffaloish.
0: Yeah, it was. It was is, which
1: is a wonderful word.
0: It had a trait of the Patriots about it, um, and when there are uh, divisional rival. That you know, I've quite often associate that, that red with the sort of navy flash as being a Patriots alternative kit. So there was maybe a little bit of a feel like that. Um I don't think we talked about this before though, but the, the Seattle and I mean I'm biased, so I'm gonna get your opinion on it. The Seattle Seahawks bright green thoughts?
1: They make my eyes bleed. I mean it's as simple as that. You know, that's the kind <laughs> of thing if somebody gave you that as a present, you go, What, seriously? You hate me that much?
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um however the LA Rams, I still love that light blue, um, or the sort of lighter blue with the bright yellow numbers, I think that's by far their best kit. It's really nice.
1: It's interesting because obviously the Rams and the Chargers both in LA, but to me the Chargers powder blue. Yeah. The best you perform in the league.
0: Yeah, definitely, and that's one that we will discuss because it's a, it's a really interesting one. And um, we had a couple of new kits come out this year. You know, the Titans one. I'm not sure on at all. I think the... The, the sword effect on the shoulders is just that little bit weird. Not a massive fan. Uh, however, I actually really like the Jacksonville one. I love the simplicity of it. The black with the little teal flash and the teal with the little black flash. I think they're really clean kits. Um, really nice looking.
1: But that's going to cause a problem for Jacksonville. So you take this, so at the end of season dinner that they have, how on earth is the uniform going to get up to walk up to receive the player of the year award?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's a valid point.
1: <laughs> it, it is. While, while we're talking about
0: uniforms, if, uh-huh. if
1: people don't know, you're allowed to redesign your uniform every five years. They're very, very strict about this in the NFL. This isn't the Scottish Premiership or the EPL. You, you know, you've got to have that style for a certain time. Now, Tampa Bay's five-year period is up and there is a clamour to get rid of of the current Tampa Bay uniforms, particularly the numbering seems to upset a lot of people. If I was Tampa Bay, if I was in charge there, they would certainly redesign that. But interesting, if, if anybody's got any thoughts on uniforms, who's good, who's bad, who should be getting a redesign and a makeover? I mean, the Broncos was a number of years ago, but what a change that made for them. You know, the Jags you mentioned this year, looking tremendous. There's other uniforms you don't want to mess with, the simplicity, of the Colts or the Cowboys, for example. The Browns, let's get rid of the the writing on the legs. That's that's uncalled for.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And there is some iconic ones. You know, I think ones like the Saints are really simple. Um, I think that the Niners tend to go quite simplistic with the design as well. It's old, it's traditional, why mess with it? Why go wrong? Um, The Patriots, to be fair to them, have that unique style that they've always had in it. It's a nice-looking kit. Um so no there's definitely some good examples as well as some bad you're obviously not a fan of the bears orange however the bears navy blue is iconic the packers themselves as well um i really like i'm not sure on their throwback ones they're a little bit odd uh, the navy blue with the yellow just i don't know the design of it just doesn't feel quite right i don't know but um certainly you're not spoiled for choice you can certainly get enough variant um although i'm not sure about the nfl producing english premiership versions of nfl tops so i don't know if you've seen this but there's like a they've done a tottenham hotspur top in the style of an nfl top and selling these for a hundred pounds um, and with harry kane's number on the back i'm not quite sure about that
1: well two two things about about tottenham i mean one congratulations for the link up that they've got the new stadium looks utterly tremendous yes it does uh I saw somebody tweet a picture saying, this is my church. If you think that about a football stadium, you've got a slight problem. Um, (laughs) That just doesn't work for me. I get where they're coming from, but that doesn't work for me. I think you've got to... Well, I've managed to start something on my computer to play Christmas music, unless that's you. No, that's
0: not me. (laughs) You just can't help yourself, Paul. It's a festive period. (laughs) I
1: I have no idea where this is
0: coming from. (laughs) Something is happening on my screen
1: uh, at the moment. (laughs) <laughs> uh, this is tremendous. I wonder if I should shut down the. It could be the NFL site that was causing me problems. There we go. Jingle, but merry Christmas, everyone. Just in case I uh, don't get to say that for you. That that might go down as the weirdest moment on the NFL uh, Scotland podcast. As today. we
0: as we touched on earlier, it's your birthday this week. You can call these senior moments now, Paul. That's fine.
1: <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But the, 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 there's other there's other things as well that, that you want to you, you want to look at and you want to talk about uniforms fascinate me broadcast crews fascinate me as well I'd just like to give a heads up can't remember the name offhand but the, I listened to the ESPN crew who did the Steelers against uh, the Patriots this week yeah. and they were really really good they were very interesting uh, Bill Polian uh, was there and he gives a very different talk about how things are. He's, I find him really quite interesting, Bill Polian, uh, because he, you know he's been that executive. He talks in a slightly different way, and I really enjoyed that. There's there's one or two very good announcers coming through on the radio side of things.
0: Well, we've still not had the Monday night ones yet, as we've mentioned, and that ties on nicely to the honking award. So back onto the award fund, who gets your honking this week?
1: Well, it's interesting. I was I was going to criticise the Rams for the way they handled that last drive because. You know, the receiver and the running back both failed to go out of play. Now, Todd Gurley was knackered, absolutely granted, but I don't like seeing fundamentals not done properly. And that—that to me is honking. We can all make mistakes. You know, the the guy who dropped the ball for the Rams—that's a honking play. But you know, it's the fundamentals. When you know you've got to go out of bounds, that's what's been spoken about in the huddle. So that kind of thing annoys me.
0: Yeah, indeed, and I mean the Cowboys are up there as another contender um, for honking. I think the Lions were really limp, but for me, it's the Jags. The Jags, I'd give them up for a Scottish award, but I'm going to give them up for the honking award because it just, just nasty. It's, there's nothing good to come out of that, um, and you know that was a really beat up Redskins team that just that's come out of there with a win. So it's just constant disappointment. Constant disappointment in there. So for me, the Jacksonville Jaguars have to get that.
1: So we then obviously go to the Porridge Award, and I've got two nominations here. Okay. The first is our friends at Talk Sport 2, um, because they've had to cover the Jags all season. <laughs> uh, so to Nat Coombs and Mike Carlson and Cole for trying to struggle their way through that Washington game and some of the games they've had this year, I mean, Kudos to them. They are a seriously good listen on a Sunday. If you ever find yourselves out and about anywhere and you're unable to get, you know, to the telly and red zone, etc., if you've got the digital radio, you know, stream it off the app on your phone. They are brilliant. It's such good fun. They're really, really good. So I really enjoy listening to them. The other one, I think we've got to give a wee word out to Julio Jones. Yeah. Uh, Julio Jones has had one heck of a season again and playing it what is arguably a poor team the most seasons with 1500 plus reception yards in NFL history so let's go Hall of Fame Jerry Rice Pittsburgh's Antonio Brown potential Hall of Famer Hall of Famer Marvin Harrison Houston's Andrew Johnson and now Atlantis Julio Jones pretty impressive
0: yeah very impressive and he is he just keeps doing it he does just keep on doing it Um, absolutely brilliant Uh, for me Derek Henry gets on this week again um, not yep. quite the performance of last week, but you can't argue, you know, on a very, very wet uh, New Jersey. I, I have to admit, looking at that, that was the purists that were sitting out watching that, especially if you're a Giants fan and you've come yeah. out in that to see a nil. They deserve a special award, those guys. I don't know what you'd call that. Um, just and, and in fact, that's almost a Scottish thing itself. Maybe we should have given the Scottish award to the Giants fans. Go and sit in the pouring rain to see your team come up with a zero. You know, we've all done that more than once. Um, but, you know, Derek Henry was superb. 33, 33 attempts, um, 170 yards, two touchdowns. Really good performance. Special mention to Tevin Coleman, who got 145 yards on a touchdown. It's a career high from him. He could have had more as well. He had one pulled back for a penalty. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, though, what a couple of catches he had. Really, they were tremendous. Um, And the Jets frustrated um, the Texans. You know, they got to Deshaun Watson a lot, sacked six times. Um, And actually, Deshaun Watson, in spite of that, did really well, had a passer rating of 134, 22 completions for 28 attempts, 298 yards, two touchdowns, both of them bombs. And, you know, they called DeAndre Hopkins' nook, And that's exactly why, because he can go off. And when he does, he's dynamite. So, you know, I thought he had a tremendous day. The one other one that I'm going to give a shout out to, and this is terrible, I should have done my research and got the names. Rex Burkhead was one of them. Special mention to the Patriots special teams. I don't know if you've seen this, but on the punt, with the balls bouncing into the end zone. The first player goes in and flips the ball up in the air before his feet are down to keep it in action. Then I think it's Rex Burkhead flips it again out of the end zone and then the Patriots stop the ball on about the two yard line. So it was going into the end zone. It was going to be a touchback, but two players touched it without touching the ground and then eventually it gets landed down for at the two yard line dedication to keeping the ball out of the end zone and stopping the touchback if you've not seen it go and see it it's uh, it's on the nfl website um that they're showing it as one of the top plays of the week it's brilliant just and it's the sheer determination so the new england patriots um special teams get my porridge award just for that one play
1: Absolutely, and while I while I remember names, Mark Ketcher is the name of the play-by-play guy on ESPN ah. Radio, along with Bill Polian and the wonderfully named Sal Paliantonio, which is a really hard name for a commentator to <laughs> throw down to <laughs> year. Your, You're turning so, Sal Paliantonio. Yes, I like that one.
0: So, we've had our say, and now, as ever, it's time for you to have yours. And we've asked you on Twitter what you think should be the award winners for this week. So, Andrew Neal got in touch to say, Honkin has to be the Cowboys. The Colts are a good team, but any team wanting to compete in the postseason should not get shut out. I think that's a fairly good shout. Craig Ease has also been in touch to say, Honkin Award. Easily the Dallas Cowboys, and as a Texans fan, he enjoyed it, even if it was the Colts, obviously their divisional rivals. Craig has also put forward he's, has the, he's had his Porridge Award, the Andre Hopkins wide receiver for the Texans, 170 yards and a couple of touchdowns, all of that with a knackered ankle. We touched on that as well. Uh, suggestion here for the most Cumbernault performance from Ratzer. He suggests the most Cumbernauld performance is the New York Giants. I'm not quite sure what the most Cumbernault performance means. Perhaps that's one for a future pod. Third and long, they've got in touch to say Porridge has to go to the Colts defence. Honkin goes to the Giants. And the most Scottish award goes to the Packers, being the team that loses while the Victors go on to the next stage. Very Scottish. Very Scottish indeed. Finally, David Caulfield's been in touch. He says that he would give the Porridge award to Coach Lynn of the LA Chargers for not settling for the tie, then over time, and instead going for it, getting the two points and getting the win. All of these great. Keep them coming. Do get in touch every week with your Scottish Slanted Award winners. So let's then, rather than look ahead to week 16 necessarily, let's talk about the playoffs then and the picture that we've got right now. So, you know, in the AFC and the NFC, it's looking pretty solid at the top. Actually, I'm saying that. Do you know what? It's looking pretty solid at the top of the NFC. The Rams and the Saints will be going through uh, and they'll be getting a bye in the first round. Perhaps the Bears could noise that up a little bit if the Rams continue to slide, but chances are the Rams and Saints will be the two that go through. The AFC is totally different. The AFC is really open. Um, obviously, you've got the Chiefs at 11-3, and three, but so are the Chargers. So the Chargers at 11-3 and three are the fifth seed, whereas the... Steelers with the 8, 5 and 1 are the fourth seed um, but the Chiefs and the Chargers on the same divisional record uh, the Texans on 10 and 4 the Patriots on 9 and 5 that feels like actually that could go anyway
1: Yeah there's some interesting stuff certainly in the AFC and you know teams the home field advantage cannot be overstated there's just no way it can be overstated it's hard to go into somebody else's building and win So even when two teams are matched, it can just be just the simple things of having, you know, that home environment for those extra few days, you know, just walking into the stadium, feeling relaxed, you know all about it. These little things can make all the difference. And the AFC is fascinating. You know, you want to see the Patriots go on the road simply because they're such a good team and have such a good pedigree, it's more of a challenge. Often feel if you watch a playoff game uh, at Gillette, you're let down slightly, from a neutral point of view please Packers fans if you've got any problems with what I'm saying get in touch with Cameron He'll <laughs> um, you know it's just from that game point of view it just makes it more interesting Patriots are more than capable of winning on the road. we've seen that often enough
0: yeah But when we look ahead to Week 16 as well, and there's two games this Saturday like we had two games last Saturday. We had the Texans-Jets and we had the Broncos-Browns. Okay, interesting, but not necessarily anything thrilling. The two games that we've got this Saturday are the Titans-Redskins and the Chargers-Ravens. All four of these teams very much in the hunt for the postseason. So they're really interesting ties. And especially, I think that Chargers-Ravens game has got potential to have a huge impact on this. Um, you know, the Chargers, when that keeps the pressure up on the Chiefs, the Ravens drop down. Well, that gives, if the Titans can manage to beat the Redskins early, earlier that day, the Titans go into the wild card slot and the Ravens drop out. Similarly, the Colts are going to be sniffing around there as well. So it's really, really interesting. You know, the Colts play the Giants, who we've just seen give up an absolute ton of points on the ground to uh, Derrick Henry and the Titans. So the Colts can go in there and get a win. Interesting games as well. We've also got the Eagles-Texans this weekend, two teams in the postseason conversation. Um, you've got the Saints-Steelers coming head-to-head, and you've got the Seahawks-Chiefs. There's some really, really interesting games where we've got teams that are likely to be in the mix or actually make it to the postseason coming head-to-head at what's still a vital point of the season. It's good if you play fantasy football because what you want is you want your players still having something to play for. And that's certainly the case of every single team as it stands.
1: Yeah, I think there's some great stuff. I think the Seahawks need a big performance because the narrative coming into last week was... You don't want to play the Seahawks. You know, it was all about where you might finish, and that's perhaps the one team you want to avoid. Well, not being funny, but if San Francisco can beat them the yeah. way the 49ers have played, then perhaps that air of invincibility disappears slightly. The Chiefs need to bounce back after their win. Of course, Sunday night football, brilliant. What a game, Chiefs against Seahawks. Um, I won't stay up to watch it because it's very, very late at night, but it was one to record because I'm off on Monday morning. I'll be watching that that straight
0: away yeah sadly i'm not off monday morning so i'll just have to catch that on highlights the next day as i often have to do but it's, You're it's working christmas eve i am working christmas eve hopefully i'll get a half day but don't tell my boss i said that um so <laughs> yeah it's, it's grateful to get some interesting games and there's plenty to look forward to i always think this part of the season can start to get a bit bogged down um but you know most of these games have got something worth watching um, you know, there's there's stories in just about all of them. Even the Rams Cardinals, you know, the Rams will want to bounce back. Now chances are that they will, um, but it'll be interesting to see exactly what level they do it to. The 49ers on a two game win streak. First it's been a long time since we've been able to see that, uh, up against the Bears this week. So I do not anticipate that continuing. Um but definitely some fascinating ties and another great weekend to look forward to.
1: Oh, it's been it's gonna be tremendous. Some great football. I do like I wouldn't like it every week because it would spoil it and make it less fun. Because, And I love the college stuff as well. But to have that Saturday night game is, is absolutely brilliant. Now, let me call some of these games. If the Titans don't beat the Redskins, they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. They've done the hard work last week, going to potentially a tricky opponent with Saquon Barkley, brilliant running back, shut down. Um, so they've got to win. The Browns can't make any mistakes against the Bengals. I know it's a derby game, but they can't make any mistakes there. So I think that's quite a strong one. And the other team that I really feel quite strongly about is the Colts. They, they've taken care of business impressively. They cannot lose at home to the Giants.
0: No, indeed. Um, and they need to do, the Colts need to do to Barkley what the Titans did to Barkley and shut him down if they've got any chance to win that game. Because if Barkley gets space and he does what he can do, then they'll have a problem. Now, the Colts were able to limit Ezekiel Elliott. Not fully but enough to stop him being dangerous. And certainly, like we've talked on this already, it was surprising to see the Cowboys come up with a zero. Um, so the Colts can do it, but it's going to take a lot to do it two weeks in a row, I think.
1: Oh, absolutely. But see if the Colts do do it. I mean, in his first season, he'd, he'd been 9-6, and six, Frank right That's tremendous. And it just shows... And we we say it an awful lot on this podcast. The value of having a quarterback at the level of Andrew Luck makes the massive difference. Um, and you see it's with the Titans as well. Mariota is just you know he got less publicity than Mari uh, than Winston, but he's started to do it again and again and again and just again a player that I really like watching.
0: Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Right, okay. So I think that sums up everything then looking forward. So we always end this with a little bit of news. Um, And what we need to do, Paul, is we had a great competition on the Twitter feed at the weekend there, um, where we've got a whole lot of merchandise um, that we're lucky to get some of the items from the two range that Sainsbury's do. Um, If you've not been along, get along and check it out. There's a number of the items in the sale at the moment as well, so some great gifts ahead of christmas to get there but we had a couple of items to give away we said all that people had to do was retweet and follow us um we had over 400 people in total retweet and we added 120 followers um which is absolutely tremendous so that means not only are we going to give away one prize we're going to give away two because we said if we got above 2,500 followers, we do it. We extended it because we got so close to it by the deadline, and we absolutely smashed it today. So um did a draw earlier on. I'm absolutely delighted to confirm that the first winner out who gets first choice is Tony Gurney. So congratulations to Tony. Um, and then the second winner is Dunks. So at Julio the Jackass. Um, so we'll be getting in touch (laughs) (laughs) what a a great Twitter handle that could be a number of players in the NFL I will be getting in touch with both of them to give them their prize which is great, so thank you everybody that took part in that, stay tuned because we do have a whole load of other merchandise uh, that will be given away in the new year so stay tuned for that Um, we've also got uh, I'm delighted to announce that we've got a sponsor for the podcast for the rest of the season so delighted to say that the Golf Tavern in Edinburgh um, is going to be our main sponsor. Um, we obviously had our week one event live there. Um, the Golf Tavern has its NFL fan zone every single Sunday where they dedicate the whole upper floor. All the TVs are shown NFL with the audio on. They've got great food and drink deals on and it's a great place to go and watch football.
1: I love watching football there. We had, we had a great event um, week one. I mean, the people were brilliant. The staff, the folk that came along and... We could also perhaps trail the fact that there might well be an event come Championship Sunday as
0: well. Yes.
1: We'll be be back along at the Golf Tavern. A little something for everybody to come along to.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, You know, plans are afoot, so we definitely hope to have news for that soon. Um, We're just sort of finalising the details for it. But yeah, keep that Championship Sunday free. I think it's Sunday the 20th of January is the day it'll come out. Um, so yeah keep that one free news to come on that front Um, but as well as the Golf Tavern other pubs that you can go to if you're in Glasgow uh, Committee Room 9 that's one to go and see and if you're in Aberdeen the Illicit still I've been there a few times in my times up in Aberdeen both places that you can go and watch NFL on a Sunday so get yourself along there go and join some like-minded people some great food some great drink a great atmosphere and we thank the Golf Tavern for being our sponsor for the rest of the season
1: are you still banned from the illicit
0: still? Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> we'll, don't know we'll do you We'll that in another podcast.
1: <laughs> talking about strange and weird and wonderful things um, because this will be towards the end of the podcast, my wife may not hear this but my wife's actually taken to listening to a little bit of what we've been doing Right, okay. Um, and the other morning she'd actually been listening to it and her alarm, which goes off way earlier than mine, actually went off to the NFL Scotland theme tune (laughs) honestly I I was so close to sitting up and going my name's Paul Mitchell (laughs)
0: She might have but been surprised thought, to hear that.
1: Yeah, I thought I better not,
0: though. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Good to hear that we've got a fan there.
1: I, I wouldn't go that far.
0: <laughs> Superb. Right, well, I think that concludes everything then for episode 32. We hope you've enjoyed listening. And again, we'd love to hear your feedback, good and bad. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter at ScotlandNFL and on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash ScotlandNFL.
1: Please keep getting in touch. Please keep retweeting and entering the competitions because it's always great to hear from you. Drop us a note. You've got our Twitter site. We've got our individual Twitter as well. If you want to get in touch, please do so. Keep sharing the podcast with all your NFL friends. Continue to let us know what
0: you think. Brilliant. And keep giving us your nominations for our regular weekly awards too. We've loved reading some of the suggestions of some of the other Scottish Slanted Awards. So do keep them coming as well.
1: We'll be back again next week as we pick apart all the Week 16 action, discussing all the headlines and probably writing off one or two more teams. It's getting exciting in the NFL. Keep listening to the NFL Scotland podcast. And until next week, bye for now.